It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we are talking Mets baseball, and we bring in Anthony DiComo of MLB.com, who graciously covers the Mets for us. And we have some news, Anthony. The Mets agree to a deal with former Yankee rental Todd Frazier to the tune of two years and $17 million to play third base for the Metsies. Let's talk first about what they're getting in Todd Frazier. What's he going to bring to this clubhouse? Well, he, he, he brings power, Alexa. He brings um, certainly a good clubhouse presence that has been well-liked and everywhere he's been. He brings pretty good defense at third base, which is something the Mets really have not had almost any of in recent years. Um, he also brings a low batting average and strikeouts, which is something the Mets already had in abundance. So uh, there's two, two edges to this sword, certainly. But overall, you look at his track record. Uh, Todd Frazier hit 40 home runs just two years ago. He's pretty consistently hit 25 to 35 in the big leagues, and you can probably expect something in that range now with the Mets. Um, that's a pretty good get for, for two years and $17 million. And you, of course, have to look at it in the context of this market where a lot of players aren't getting what they necessarily thought they would. Uh, but I think going heading into this offseason, you know, you could probably have penciled Todd Frazier in for three years, maybe something in the $30 million range, something similar to maybe what Jay Bruce got. Um, so to get him for two years and on, a, on a pretty small guarantee of $17 million, that, that is a, a, a pretty good value contract. And is he a perfect player? No. Does he fix everything? that you know, still is up in the air, or is that issue with the Mets? No, of course not. But he adds to their lineup. Certainly he adds to the middle of their lineup. Uh, he's one more guy that you have to watch out for. Um, so I think it was a pretty good signing. I think uh, in an offseason in which the Mets have brought back so many of their own players, and Jay Bruce and Jose Reyes, and go down the line to go outside the organization and get a pretty big name, get a guy who I think has the potential to excite at least a portion of the fan base, it was a, it was a strong move in my book. All right, so let's talk about the other edge of that sword, as you mentioned. What's the downside of signing Todd Frazier? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of swing and miss in his game, obviously. Um, I think a lot of people saw that in the playoffs this year if they weren't familiar with Todd Frazier previously. He's not going to hit for a high batting average. He can probably you know, top out at 250 and more realistically might hit in that 220, 230 range. So. Uh, you're not going to get a guy who's just going to clog up the base paths. What you're getting is a guy who every once in a while will, will pop one over the wall. Um, on a lot of teams, that might not be as much of an issue, but you look at this Mets team, uh, and for years and years now, they have employed a lot of guys like that who have low batting averages, relatively low OBPs, high home run totals, high slugging. So the lineup in that way remains somewhat one-dimensional. They're going to have a lot of guys we're going to hit 20-plus home runs. They're not going to have basically anyone starting uh, on opening day who you can say this is a 20-steal guy or this can really, guy can really change the game with his legs or this guy's probably going to hit 300. They just don't employ that type of player. Uh, so there are going to be a lot of games uh, when 
the Todd Frazier's of the world will go deep and the Mets will put up 9, 10, 11 runs. And there's going to be a lot of games where they get shut down by a very good pitcher like they did with a similar lineup in the in the 2016 wild card game. So there's going to be games where those, those swing and misses get frustrating and you have a lot of runners uh, left in scoring position and left on base and you have three or four hits for the entire day. So this is kind of the Mets' offensive identity. It's been who they are for a while now. And Todd Frazier, in my opinion, only adds to that. Uh, again, a very good player with some obvious flaws. Uh, two sides to that coin. And uh, it's, it's similar to what we've seen, I think, from a lot of guys in Flushing. But they obviously felt confident enough in him to give him a two-year deal. So, like you mentioned, going into the offseason, we could have seen Todd Frazier sign a three- or four-year deal. I mean, we could have seen that several years ago as well. Why only two years, though? Well, you just have to look at the market. I mean, everyone is kind of getting less than they thought. And I don't, I don't want to paint this as, as Todd Frazier is not a good player. He's, he's a very good player and has been for some years now. He's very well-respected. He's got a very good, solid track record, and we'll add to the Mets, but... Uh, I don't think Jay Bruce thought he was going to get $39 million this year. I think he was thinking maybe more like $50, $60 million. And you could go down the line and say that about a lot of players in this market. The conditions have been swirling, and, and you know, agents and GMs have different perspectives on this. But certainly it's been a perfect storm in terms of dampening player values. So Todd Frazier is a victim of that. I think a lot of the other guys at the Mets were looking at to fill this spot, whether that was uh, Neil Walker, Eduardo Nunez, uh, you know, they're probably not going to get the money that they want to envision. It's across the board. It has nothing to do with Todd Frazier specifically. Um, but the Mets were the team that kind of realized this and said, okay, well, we're going to be patient because we think Todd Frazier can fall to us at a reasonable contract, and really a more than reasonable contract at $17 million. It was a risk because certainly the Yankees or any other team that was interested could have swooped in and signed him up potentially for more. But the Mets kind of read the market conditions and read the tea leaves and said, you know what? It's worth waiting, and given the amount of inventory that's out there at second base and at third base, it's worth gambling and seeing if we can get him on a team-friendly deal. And ultimately, that's what they did. All right. So, what does the signing of Todd Frazier for them, you know, to bring in a third baseman, mean for David Wright? You know, honestly, not a whole lot because there's so much uncertainty over David Wright anyway, and you kind of are operating. Uh, you know, the Mets are kind of operating as the front office under the expectation that that David Wright's not going to play. And if he plays, that's a really nice bonus for them, and, and, and they're rooting for him, and they want him to come back. But it's just unlikely at this point that a guy who's played 75 games combined the last three seasons can be a meaningful contributor. So if he ultimately, if David Wright ultimately gets healthy and forces his way back, you deal with that problem when it happens. Um, you know, maybe it means moving right to first base. Uh, maybe it means shifting around other infield parts, because guys will get hurt. Um, and... You know, frankly, you look at the situation with Wright realistically, even if he does make it back to the field, he's never going to be, for the rest of his career, a guy who plays six, seven, even even four or five days a week. You're probably looking at a guy who contributes in a very limited part-time role. So I, I really don't think it means a whole lot. And maybe there's some symbolism there because this is the first time since Wright started experiencing pretty major back problems that the Mets have gone out and acquired a guy who is an everyday third baseman, who is a durable one, who you can pencil in for 145-plus games at that position. So, uh, you know, I'm sure in that regard, David Wright will look at this signing and say, well, you know, you can read the tea leaves on that one. But he understands, and the Mets understand they had to go out and get someone. And, and even if they had gone out and gotten a second baseman instead, you know, Estrubal Cabrera would have been that guy at third base who goes out and plays every single day. So uh, I don't 
think it means a whole lot. I think it's just a further indication that, you know, the Mets don't know where David Wright is at. They probably won't know for some months, and there's a chance David Wright never plays again. Everyone realizes that. People hate to say it, but it's true, and they've, the Mets have gone out now and addressed that. All right, so short-term, the Mets have their everyday third baseman, and with a two-year deal, that leaves me to wonder, who's the third baseman of the future, Anthony? Well, that's a, that's a pretty good question. I like how we're moving on to that after we already uh, just signed the guy for, for 2018. Well, um, well yeah, look, and I'm, the only reason I'm asking you is because it's only a two-year deal. So, I mean, this season will go by pretty fast. Then you've only got one more year of Todd Frazier at third base. Then what do you do from there? Yeah, well, and, and that's the thing. You know, the Mets have been pretty aggressive in, in drafting college guys, whether it's David Thompson who plays third base or, or some others, and they will continue to do that. And, you know, two years is an eternity in terms of uh, how guys fluctuate prospects coming up. So I can't tell you who it's going to be. I can't tell you if it's going to be someone from within the farm system. I can't tell you if they're going to have to go out and, and sign a free agent at that point. I know there's a lot of people clamoring for the Mets to sign Manny Machado, but, you know, that's not something that was ever super realistic. It's not something that, that meshes with their business model. They don't like going out and signing free agents to these huge seven, eight, nine-year mega deals. Uh, they avoid it at all possible costs. So even if the Mets had signed a third baseman for one year um, and there would have been so much more speculation, the Mets could go out and say, pursue a Manny Machado. I, I would have sincere doubts that that is something that they would ultimately be able to do. Um, so really, I mean, if you ask Sandy Alderson today who's going to be your starting third baseman in 2020, he would have no idea. It's just not something they can look at at this point. But the key is that they like this kind of flexibility. They like the fact that they're not necessarily committed to Todd Frazier in 2020 and 2021 and 2022 because then they can take stock and, and look at where they're at in a couple of years and make decisions based on that. Maybe David Thompson or someone else is, is ready to go and ready to be knocking on the door as a major leaguer. Maybe no one is. Maybe the farm system's still in, in pretty rough shape and they have to go out and get someone. Uh, it, it's, it's really hard to tell what's going to happen a couple of years down the road. Sure, of course. My only, you know, devil's advocate comment to that would be a lot of teams who are, you know, perennial playoff contenders tend to have some consistency, especially in their infield and at the hot corner. That that helps. But uh, I know for the Mets, that's not necessarily their plan right now. They're going to get a couple years out of Todd Frazier and then go from there. So, uh, like you said, Tons and tons of things can change uh, between now and then, so we'll see what happens. Anthony, the most important question out of all of this, honestly, is what's going to happen to the thumbs-down guy, Gary Denier, who is a huge Mets fan and who was rooting against the Yankees and the Rays when they were playing at City Field. He became this huge meme. Todd Frazier picked it up. It became the Yankees' kind of, you know, uh, anthem as the season went on. What's going to happen to that? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, has anyone tracked him down yet? I would imagine that it's going to be a thumbs up at this point. But, um, you know, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Maybe the Mets can uh, go out and give him some front row seats for opening day and we'll all find out together. Yeah, I guarantee you he'll be throwing out the first pitch at some point. I could <laughs> see that in the future. All right, Mets are still hoping to add to their rotation depth, though, obviously, because a lot of these arms who are coming back, who are big names and who have done big things in the past, Noah Syndergaard, Matt Harvey, still have questionable uh, injury histories. So who would fit the definition of potentially uh, coming in and adding to this rotation depth? Yeah, well, there's, there's still, you know, talking about those market conditions, uh, there are still a lot of guys out there. And you know, to me, I feel like the Mets are one starting pitcher at this point away from from being in a place where they can say, okay, 
you know, the playoffs are very realistic. We have a shot at the division now um, because we have some stability in our rotation. And, uh, you know, look, budgets are what they are. I don't expect the Mets to go out and sign Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb, who are kind of two guys who are in that sweet spot of, of not a Jake Arrieta of the world, but maybe that next level down, guys who can eat innings for you and stabilize the rotation in case some of your other guys who have long injury histories get hurt. Um, I don't necessarily see the Mets going there. I think they should. Uh, but if they don't, there are still guys, you know, Jason Vargas is a, is a name that I've been saying from the beginning of the offseason that comes to mind as a, maybe not quite the same quality, uh, quite the same track record as a Lynn or a Cobb, but a guy who can come in and potentially eat innings for you. Um, I think they need someone. And while this isn't the same level of priority for them as, as landing an infielder, as landing a Todd Frazier type was, they're keeping their ears open because they still very much believe there are deals to be had here. Even as we get into spring training, into late February, maybe even into March, a lot of these guys stay unsigned. Uh, they believe there are deals to be had here. And, you know, earlier this offseason, Sandy Alderson kind of surprised me when he said, essentially said, we're not getting a starting pitcher this winter. Uh, it's just not something that fits into our scheme, into our budget, et cetera. But, as the weeks have gone by and all these guys stay unsigned, you look at the hitters who are signing below market deals, uh, he's changing his tune a little bit. And he's saying more, well, we're going to keep our ears open. And maybe two years, two weeks from now, it, it's no longer let's keep our ears open and it's more uh, we're going to strike. And I, I do think it's something the Mets should do. Uh, certainly it's something they're strongly considering. And ultimately, it's, maybe it's something they, they don't. Um, but there are, there are plenty of guys out there to be had. And, and I think certainly it would fortify really the one weakest link, in my opinion, left on this team, which is the depth, considering the injury history of all these starting pitchers. All right, Anthony, I know you're writing for the site uh, what you predict to be the 25-man roster right now. So let's go ahead and give our podcast listeners a little sneak peek. If they don't go ahead and add another starting pitcher, if it's, it's all set with who they have right now, who do you believe makes the 25-man roster? For the rotation, I mean, I certainly have no Syndergaard and Jacob DeGrom, and that's one, two, in whatever order you want to put them. Uh, I still very much see Matt Harvey as the number three. I think he'll show enough in spring training that you can pretty much slot him in. And then it, it, it gets really interesting really fast. I think the Mets would love for, for Steven Matz to secure that fourth spot and show that he's healthier, at least healthy enough to start the season and start every five days for them in April. And for that fifth spot, let the, let the battle begin. This is an old-fashioned spring training battle, whether it's Zach Wheeler or Seth Lugo or Robert Gesellman, uh, even Raphael Montero. There are some guys who have a lot to prove in spring training, and we're, we're long past the point where, say, Zach Wheeler can come to camp and, and more or less be assured a starting spot if he's healthy. We're, we're, not, we're on a different path right now. So, um I can't tell you which of those guys it's going to be, but they're all going to get a crack at it in spring training and uh, let the best man win. All right, how about for their infield configuration and then the outfield as well? Sure, yeah. I mean, the infield, really the entire position player roster seems pretty set to me, uh, assuming Michael Conforto will not be ready to start the season, which which certainly seems that that's going to be the case. So you've got Adrian Gonzalez at first base. You've got Estrubal Cabrera now at second. Ahmed Rosario at short. And then you've got, obviously, Todd Frazier at third base. You look at the catchers, you've got Travis Darnot and Kevin Pulecchio split time. And then that backup infield, you're going to have Jose Reyes and Wilmer Flores. You're looking at a four-man bench. So you've got your starting outfielders, Jay Bruce. You've got Ioannis Cespedes. You've got Juan Lagares taking Conforto's spot. 
there's room for one more, and it, it sure looks like it's going to be Brandon Nimmo. So there's your 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 12, essentially, your 12 hitters on the roster. And then, uh, you know, the bullpen, you're going to have that, that quartet at the back of, of, of Familia and Swarzak and Blevins and Ramos in whatever order the Mets decide to deploy them. And then there's going to be three spots there that are very, very much up for grabs, and that'll be a spring training competition as well. So the roster, you know, barring a, an acquisition, uh, probably in the rotation if the Mets do make a move, is pretty set at this point. And uh, I don't think you're going to have a lot of surprises in spring training, but there are definitely some jobs up for grabs that, that people can compete for. All right. Sounds good. Uh, a lot to uh, still figure out, but uh, we are going to figure it out pretty soon here as uh, spring training is right around the corner. That's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras Mets Edition. We're going to be back next week with a brand new episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate you joining us. You got it, Alexa. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.